right, greetings to everyone. We pray that you all were blessed by what was said earlier about our attitudes and uh, the spirit of excellence. Um, does everybody understand that? I had um, dropped our daughter off at work yesterday, uh, Taylor, and uh, had a couple of other workers there, I think, and they were doing different things. And I was on the phone with my wife asking her, what, now what exactly are the uh, gummy bears you wanted? And I was on the phone with her and one of the workers, I don't know who the lady was, she came, she saw me on the phone and she came with her uh, steps and just thrust them down on the floor and where I couldn't hear my wife and just making all kind of noise. And uh, I think before then, uh, Taylor didn't know that I was there. She didn't know I'd come in the store. And so I hear her speaking, hey, so-and-so, hey, Taylor. Then somebody else, hey, Taylor. And she said, hey, you know. And I just noticed the difference. Uh, Taylor was going to be working, I think, uh, a full shift. Um, but the attitude you know, she, normally she worked maybe four or five hours, something like that. And, uh, you know, we can all be happy for four hours. You know, especially going in for four hours. Well, it's just four hours I can suffer through. Hey, everybody, God bless you. <laughs> but, you know, them eight hours, uh, hey, I mean, yeah, I'm here, you know. But, you know, it, it does something when you have that spirit of excellence. And really, it can only come from God. Does everybody understand? Do you know you can't advance if you don't have a spirit of excellence? If you don't have the right attitude? We took our son uh, to, to, for him to get a job, and he got a job now as well, Joshua. And one of the ladies told him he's, she's looking for somebody with good attitudes. She want to hire somebody that has a good attitude. Why? Because if you have a good attitude, I can teach you. I can give you the experience. You might not have ever done what you've applied to do, but if you have a good attitude, you can learn anything. And I think she mentioned to him, because I want to start firing some of these teenagers with bad attitudes, which I thought is strange. Very strange. Teenager, you ain't went through nothing. You ain't gone through nothing. And most of us sitting here today ain't been through nothing. How many of you have been stoned? Been whooped with a cat of nine tails? Everybody understand? We, <laughs> you, I don't care how long you've been serving God, you're not going to go very far if you don't take on that spirit of excellency. You have to have a right attitude. People that don't, when I was in school and people didn't have a good attitude, you know what they were doing? They were sitting and looking at everybody else do their homework or schoolwork. Does everybody understand? Your attitude determines how far you go in God. If you want to stay in the third grade, you'll stay there. You see? But your attitude will get worse when you see your classmates advancing. And you having to get to know people all over again every year. Everybody understand? So it's not, that's not God's will. 
I'm telling you, God don't want us to have a bad attitude. He want to, and listen, not just not have a bad attitude, but take on the spirit of excellency. Does everybody understand? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to preach another message. I'm not, you know, when I was growing up, uh, you may have heard me tell this story before when I was little. One of the things I remember, uh, Brother Junior had stood up to preach, and folks just sitting there, just kind of sitting on their hands, ain't, you know, hoping they hurry up and get out of there. And when he said, okay, let's, uh, uh, I'm done preaching, let's all dismiss, and they all jumped up real fast. That spirit of excellence came when it was time to go home. Yeah, now we see. Pray, I know the Lord is in this place. <laughs> and you know what he did? He made them all, he made us all sit back down and he preached a whole nother message. <laughs> preached a whole nother message. You know, I got a recording of him. I was just listening to it yesterday. He was saying, you know, he was getting up to testify about what the Lord was speaking to him. And he said, you know, sometimes we get in a hurry, you know, and things like that. And so I tell you, God wants us to have a spirit of excellence. He wants us to have a right attitude about things. Because I'm telling you that determines, uh, just look at your own children. If you got more than one child, you know who has that spirit of excellence and who doesn't. And then, and because of that, you'll know who's going to get more out of you. That one has got a good attitude. They're going to get more. When we go to the store, they're going to get candy. This other one can stay home and mow the grass. <laughs> Everybody understand? So our attitude is important that we have a good, listen, you got to live, if you, you know, to me, if you got to live life, you might as well have that spirit of excellence anyway. And what's the use in being a sourpuss? And some folks, people, they thrive off of that. They just walk around just mad and want everybody to know they mad. And for what? It's an evil spirit. That's what it is. Does everybody understand? I've heard more than one people, one person sitting in this room, uh, you know, during discussion, they say, well, again, we, we got to get corrected again? You know, well, you heard what Brother Garcia was saying while he was up here. As long as you got breath in your body, you're going to be in school. As long as you got breath in your body, you're going to be in school. So get used to it. Does everybody understand? And so... Our relationship with God helps us. If you haven't, listen, it's, it, it is impossible to have a bad attitude and have the right relationship with God at the same time. It's impossible. If you have the relationship you're supposed to have with God, you can't help but to walk around in that spirit of excellence. Everybody understand? So let's, 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 if you have your Bibles, let's go to the fifth chapter of the book of Mark just real briefly. We want to just, uh, talk to you for a few moments.
fifth chapter of the book of Mark. Did I say Mark? Okay. Fifth chapter of the book of Mark. Uh, I want to just say something about what we had just heard from Brother Garcia. Um, you heard what the testimony of Caleb. I'm 85, and I'm just as strong as I was when I was 40, ready to go to war. He wasn't lying. He meant that. Does everybody understand that? Now, I have to say this uh, to help us. Moses had got to the point where the people had wore him out. And he lost the zeal that he once had, and he took it out on the people because he had gotten tired of them. In other words, he had taken on, like what, what the Bible says in the book of Psalms, is when it referring to Moses, it said he spoke unadvisedly. He didn't, he didn't, he wasn't praying about what he was supposed to say. He, he had just in that instant, he had gotten tired of all the nagging, tired of, and so he had lost that zeal. And because of that, because of that, God couldn't allow him to lead the people in. You think about it, 40 years, and you, you would think God would say, well, okay, you've been through enough. I understand why you're frustrated, Moses, but let, let me talk to you, man. Just cheer up. No, you didn't sanctify me before the people. Because you didn't sanctify me, you can't, you can't lead them into the promise. Everybody understand? And, and this is what I want to say. You, don't, you can't afford to have a bad day. When you take on that spirit of excellence, you keep it. And you don't let people make you grumpy about it. Everybody understand? In other words, Moses didn't get an excuse. The Lord, for the whole 40 years they were in the wilderness, the Lord and Moses, when they were talking, the Lord would say, they are stubborn people. They are this people. They, they, they raggedy. I understand. They, they are stubborn people. He warned them that before he even went to, sent them to get them. They stubborn now. You're you going to run into some stuff. Why was he doing that? Because Moses, I don't want their attitude to affect yours. Don't take on their bad attitude. But well, you know what? He took it on. He murmured just the same way they did at, before it was all said and done. Ye rebels, must we fetch you water to drink? You see that? And it, and it stopped them. And so we see where Caleb, he had the same, he saw that example. <laughs> no, I can't do like what, what my daddy Moses did. I can't do that. I have, to, I have to keep going. You know, I have to keep going. And, and so here's what I want you to see. Even in all of that, even with Moses, what he did, even with Caleb, you know, being as old as he was, and I, I, I want to make this clear, and I want us to really hear what, what was about to be said. Neither one of their health declined. Neither one of their health Declined. You know why? Because of the right attitude. Neither one of their health declined. Does everybody understand that? Do you know um, the Lord t tells us about people being heartbroken? We mentioned that last week about this woman who, who the Lord had sent me to to warn her, and her health began, her health failed her because of her attitude. Now, some of you, you in your 20s, ain't, ain't reached 30 yet, and you might not see what's taking place, but the, 
God knows and the devil knows that bad attitude, it would cause your health to decline. Does everybody understand that? God don't intend for folks to leave here leaning on crutches. If we are walking by faith, the only thing we have to do, uh, if the Lord tears, is the, our spirit depart this body. We ain't got to be old and decrepit. Everybody understand? And so that's something God wants us to know there. You, you don't have to leave here. You, you might be 100 years old, but you don't have to look like it. You, if you young, you, you change your attitude now if you got one, a bad one. And I mean about anything concerning God's word that you don't like or and don't agree with, you change your mind about it. Because your, your lack of faith in it will cause your body to age. Everybody understand? The Bible says that his word is health to our bones. That he meant that. His word is. And so we have to, that's something we have to pay attention to. Everybody understand? It's not God's will. You don't have to go down that way. The Bible says it's appointed to man once to die. It's not appointed to us to be leaning over on crutches. It's appointed once to man to die. You don't have to age in that. Does everybody understand? You live by faith and your flesh will defy nature. Does everybody understand? All right. So we're there at the fifth chapter of the book of um, Mark. Let's start reading at verse 21. It says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto, other side, unto the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. Does everybody understand what that means? It means they crowded him. They crowded him. Now it's saying this for a reason. <clears throat> so can we, I want us to picture what that's saying now. That a man named Jairus came to him for his daughter's sake, lying at the point of death. And the people understood what Jairus was saying. But it didn't matter that we're going to follow you. We want to see this and we're going to follow you. And so the Bible says Jesus went with him, and as he went with him, the people followed him, much people followed him, and they thronged him. That mean, means that they were brushing up against him. Does everybody understand that so far? Let's go and keep reading. Now, <laughs> you imagine, I want you to picture in your mind this crowd. Now, it's important that you get this. Picture in your mind this crowd of people. You know Jesus is somewhere in there. 
And it's hard for him. You know, his disciples had to act as his bodyguards as well, in a way. Not necessarily to save his life, but to give him a little space to do what he needed to do. Now, Jesus Christ ain't the only preacher that had to deal with that. There's another preacher that had to deal with this same, had the power of God flowing through him. And it, it would be to the point where when he preached in front of people and, you know, the crowd would be there before he'd get there, he couldn't even walk through the crowd. They'd have to, there were times when they put rope under his arms and led him through, just through the backside of a window somewhere to get in church. They couldn't, when he was going to a town, they couldn't tell people what hotel he was going to be staying in because if they, anybody found out when he woke up in the middle of the night, it was going to be a whole crowd of people there waiting for prayer. The power of God attracts people, you see. If people, people you listen, if we don't have anything else to offer, we, we ought to have some healing to offer. We ought to have some solutions. Everybody understand? And when people know you have that spirit of excellence on the inside of you, they're going to come to you for solutions. Listen, Daniel didn't have to promote himself. That spirit of God that was on the inside of him and that right attitude, you, listen, when you have a right attitude, people want to be around you. But what happens with bad attitudes, uh, nobody want to be around me and I don't want no friends anyway. That, that's the way, that's what we develop in our mindset. I don't need nobody. I'll die by myself. Everybody understand? And we better get rid of these wrong attitudes, you see. And so Jesus had the right attitude. Does everybody understand? Had the right attitude, not just, not just the power of God, but had the right attitude to go with it, you see. And so the people thronged him. Verse 25, now, can we picture that in our minds? Jesus is already on his way to do something, to heal this girl. And look at, look at what the, I want, let's pay attention to what he said, verse 23. And besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death, I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. So, let's picture this now. Jesus, let's just think of him as a natural man. He might not have known anything about this little girl. So somebody got his attention about her. Look, I got a, I got a daughter. I love her very much. If you come and lay hands on her, she'll be healed. And Jesus turns, okay, I'll go, I'll go ahead and lay hands on her. Now, I, I'm wanting you to really picture that, that this man, Jairus, got Jesus' attention concerning his daughter. That might not have been on the Lord's list of things to do when he landed on that side. But because he, Jairus, come to him and got his attention, Jesus said, okay, I'll go with you. Every man love his daughter. If he got a daughter, I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll lay hands on her. She'll be healed. Now, I, I want that to sink in what we're saying now. Everybody understand? For us to get to the next part. Verse 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. Does everybody understand what the issue of blood was? She was on her period for 12 years. Nonstop. Nonstop. Does everybody understand that? And had suffered many things of many physicians. Everybody see that? 
She going from doctor to doctor to doctor. And the Bible says she suffered many things of them. You know what's happening there? Medical malpractice. Let's keep reading. So you see. And had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather what? Grew worse. Medical malpractice. We, you come to see us about this issue of blood, but before you leave, it's going to be something else going on in your body. Or we, and we're going to make that condition worse than what, you, what it was when you first came. Now, I say this for us, you know, uh, spiritually so, just uh, speaking. A lot of times, that's the way God designed it. It, it, because there's something God wants you to come directly to him about. Now, everybody understand? Now, you know what, what bothers me the most about dealing with people, just in, in this ministry or wherever they may be, just dealing with them, I watch people all the time bump their head. All the time, all the time. They're going to do everything but ask God about it. And then when they do inquire of the Lord, and the Lord gives them an answer, if that ain't what I want to hear, let me turn back to this wall and continue to bump my head. Everybody understand? So the Lord will do it. And you'll just grow worse, just like what this lady was going through. Okay, you know, you're going to keep going through it. At some point, you're going to run out of head. Everybody understand? All right, let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press where? Behind and touched his garment. Everybody see that? So she heard about Jesus. The Bible says she came, she came, now all these people thronging him. She came from behind and touched his garment. Let's go ahead and keep reading. For she said, everybody see that? For she what? Said. Not thought. She said. Everybody understand? Now that's true all day long. You'll have what you say. The first man that came, Lord, if you come touch my daughter, she, and she'll be healed. The law was going to grant that request. He could have said, Lord, if you'll speak the word, she'll be healed. And that would have settled that. I don't feel like walking five miles. Oh, Lord, I know you got other stuff you can be doing. So you just speak the word, and that, that'll settle it. Now that shows you that God meets you where your faith is. You'll have what you say. Does everybody understand? You sisters that's in here struggling on, on whether or not your husband loves you, you'll have what you say. If the devil bring it to your brain, don't let it come out your mouth because he'll make you a prophet. Does everybody understand? You'll have exactly what you say. <laughs> For she said, if I may touch what? But his clothes. I shall be whole. Now, I want you to see the sincerity of this lady here. I ain't got to touch his feet. I don't have to touch his flesh. The other man came and said, Lord, if you lay hands on my daughter, 
He could have said, like what this lady was thinking, Lord, just let me, let me cut off the, a piece of your garment. Do you know in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the, the, the Holy Spirit was functioning at, functioning at such a high level that Peter and the apostles, especially Peter, was walking down the street and the people had so much faith, they said, well, we're going to just put our sick loved ones in his shadow. We're going to put them just right on side of the street and when the sun casts his shadow on them, they're going to be made whole. And, that, and that's how God worked miracles. Just a shadow of the man. You ain't even got to, you ain't even got to touch him as you're passing by him, Peter. Just let your shadow pass over the people. <laughs> is that where our faith is? No, God going to have to come and touch me himself. She said, if I just touch his garment... Just, just the hem of it, just the very edge of it. And you know the, the preachers that God sent with a healing ministry, that's all we are is just a piece of that garment. Just a piece of that garment. Don't you let pride keep you from that garment. Everybody understand? I'm telling you, some folks, the only way you'll be healed is through that garment. Not through Jesus Christ himself coming and touching you. The garment is what he has left behind. Does everybody understand? And so here's what I'm saying. We, when you are going, when something is going on in your body, you have to get desperate. Some of us today, we don't understand that the desperation that this woman was in. We don't understand it. You, you can be the healthiest person in the world. You can lift 300 pounds. You can be able to run a marathon, and, and you can do all of that. You cut your wrist and see how long you're going to be here. You'll bleed to death, and it won't take long. This woman bled for 12 years, so you, you have to know that God was sustaining her life for that moment. And that's what God wants you to know today. He sustained your life. Whatever it is you survived, he got you to that point for a reason. Now, what does it look like for you to get this far? God that moved you to the Tennessee, to moved you to this ministry, and have introduced you to the truth, only for you to just give up and say, okay, Lord, I quit. I give up. If God have placed you here, it, and he sustained you through all the junk you've been sustained through, it means he's got a purpose and he's got a plan for you. That's something that we have to know. I, I've told this story before, I'm going to tell it again. Uh, some years ago, I had um, uh, got into it with somebody arguing back and forth. And I, I told the Lord, okay, Lord, I, I, I done fell into that. I don't like going back and forth with people. Now, this is when I first, when I f first started preaching. Lord, I, don't, I, I can't live for you doing this. I just give up because it seemed like I done, I done fell into this. I give up. I quit. 
because I don't want to bring a reproach to your name. And I know I can't be an arguing preacher. So I, I'll just be an arguing somebody, but I won't be a preacher. I, you know, I'll just wait until I get saved for real. That was my thought. I can't be arguing with people. I ain't got time for that. You see, I can't do that and preach to people, so I just, I just, I choose to argue for now. And so, <laughs> and you know, and this, this day is a different day. I'll, I'll run from, from foolishness. Everybody understand? I'm not going to go back and forth with anybody outside of the Lord telling me, you stand your ground and you say what I tell you to say. Other than that, you'll be talking by yourself. Everybody understand? And so I told the Lord I give up, and I meant what I said. I'm just apparently I'm not ready. I still got all this strife on the inside of me. And so I got up off my knees when I was saying that, and I laid down and I went to sleep. And I had a dream that I was sitting across the dinner table from my mother. We were sitting at a booth. And I had, at that time, I was in, I, I think I just uh, graduated from college, and I had my degree, and I had all of the stuff from the Society of Broadcast Engineers, all of those certificates, and all of the other stuff that I had earned, and I had them all in nice frames, and they were, all the frames were shiny and looked brand new, and I was picking, picking each one up, and I was holding it up like this, and I would say, you see that, Mama? It, it took me a certain amount of years to get this, but I got it. And she was sitting there smiling. And I laid that, laid that down over here, and I pick up the next one, you see? And I got this, too. I got this certificate. And I had to take a test, and it was a hard test. And I was going into detail about what it took to become a, a broadcast engineer. You know, it wasn't just reading the books and studying the books and passing the test. They had a, a, a room full of electronic television stuff, and it was all connected. And now, if you can imagine a thousand wires going from one to the next and just all of these different things. And my instructor, uh, to pass the test that he was giving out, he went into the room with nobody looking and he unplugged one wire. And you had to go in and troubleshoot and figure out what was wrong. That's how you got a broadcast engineering certificate, you see. Yeah, just all, just uh, all the electronics that it take to run a television station. And he go in there and unplug one thing, and you got to tell him what he did. And all the wires is tucked in behind stuff, so you can't look behind it and see what he's done. So I'm explaining all that. See, so I, I went through that, and I, I told him, I told him, Mr. Bowles exactly what it was. And I, he gave me this, and I laid that down, and I picked up the next one. Showing, and I'm doing all that, and the whole time she's sitting there smiling. And when I get done, because I was so proud of my accomplishments, and not in a bad way, all of those frames, those nice certificates, pretty certificates, brand new, and all those frames, she just picked them all up and just began to break them, break them, break them. And I couldn't believe it. I thought, what are you doing? And I just bust out crying. Like, I can't believe she's destroying Everything that I've worked on, every, the, all of the hard work, years of hard work, it's just going down the toilet. She's breaking it all up. And you know how sometimes stuff can be so traumatic in a dream, you wake up. 
And so I, when I woke up, I woke up crying. I, I mean, literally crying, just like I was crying in a dream. And then the Lord spoke to me right away and said, now you see how I feel when my people quit on me. I spent all these years working on you. No, you're not where, where, you, where I'm destined for you to be just yet, but you are exactly where I want you to be right now. So the Lord was showing me that's how he looks at it. See, I was the frames. I was the degrees that he had worked on. Everybody understand? And so when my mother was breaking all that stuff up, he was showing me that's the way I feel when people quit. I spent all these years working on you. Even before you started living for me, I was working on you. I was setting up stuff to make you want to come to me. I was blocking all of these little roads that you thought you were going to take. Everybody understand? When you were knocking on the door, I wasn't answering. When you tried to kick it in, I was on the other side of it, holding it. All of that was me. All of the jobs that you applied for that you didn't get, that was me. All of the relationships that you worked, that you were trying to brand to me for to save, that was me. I didn't save them. <laughs> you might not recognize it's me because a lot of times we think that the things we don't get, they can't be God. That was just the devil blocking me. But he, of course, the Lord, he got one straight and narrow road that he wants you to stay on. And when you depart from that, he, he knocks you back inside of it. Everybody understand? All of this stuff that wasn't going right in your life, it wasn't for you. You'll thank me later. You might not know the wisdom now, but you'll thank me later, especially when you, as you move further down the road, you'll be able to, when you accomplish one thing and get one thing, you'll know, you'll be able to look back and say, well, that wasn't for me because that was contrary to this. So the Lord, in each and every one of our lives, he closes doors, he opens doors that he wants us to walk through, and, and, and that's him working on it. Now, if we're not careful, we can hit a roadblock, or what we think is a roadblock, but it's really a blessing. We'll hit that blessing, and we'll think, well, I, I give up. And the whole time, God is crying. Now, don't give up. That was me. No, I can't give that to you because if I give that to you, that's going to lead you away from me. And I'm telling you, it's something better for you down the road. Everybody understand? So... What the Lord does is he allows things to grow worse because he has a perfect plan for us. Anything outside of God's will is going to be worse. Does everybody understand that? And so she grew worse. Now read verse 27. It says, when she had heard of who? Jesus. Now here's the question. Now let's think about this just for a moment. How did she hear about Jesus? Well, somebody say, oh, it's a good man. Jesus is a good man. You ought to meet him. 
just shake his hand. He, he's a good man. He's a good fellow. No. This woman's having a conversation. You know I'm getting worse. I'm not getting better. I done went to all these doctors. They've sucked all the money out of my checking account. I dipped into savings. They got all of my money. Somebody said, well, you know what? It's got a man that's coming through town. He's got a deliverance ministry. You might want to get to him. Everybody understand? Says so, it says, when she had heard of Jesus, came in the press behind him, behind and touched his garment, for she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. Does everybody understand that? So she got what she said. Now we want you to understand the difference there. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 29. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. That's why I say she had a period. You know, everybody understand that? That's, the, that's the, when the Bible talks about a fountain, it's talking about a woman. Her private part, that's her fountain. Everybody understand that? It says, was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of what? It was a plague. Now, the Bible says it that way for a reason. Everybody understand? Let's go and keep reading. Now, read verse 30. It's very careful. We have to see this very carefully. And Jesus now, let's think of, let's think of him not only as God and the Son of God. Let's, we have to think, if we're going to understand this story fully, we have to think of Jesus as a natural man. He, he did not know everything. When he was walking in flesh, he said, what my father showed me, that's what I do. So he didn't, when he gave up his godhood, he, he stopped knowing everything. Does everybody understand? He had to be led just like we have to be led. Let's go and read. And Jesus immediately knowing where in himself that virtue had gone out of him, in other words, power. Turned him about in the what? Press. Think about it. Hundreds, thousands of people pressing up against him, just wanting to get close to him. Yeah, we don't care if you're going, where are you going? We just want to be next to you. Look what it says. And say it, what? Who touched my clothes? Not who touched me. Who touched my clothes, my ministers. Go and keep reading. And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. Isn't that something? You done lost your mind? And see, I just did very subtle rebuke. Everybody understand that? Can we see that for what it is? You see these people thronging you. <laughs> and says thou who touched me you know what that was we getting aggravated with this ministry we getting tired of pushing people and people bowing us and running over us to get to you everybody understand let's go and keep reading verse 32 and he looked everybody see that I'm not going to pay attention to y'all's foolishness for now 
What did he do? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came. Everybody see that? Now, you pay attention to that. She touched his garment, and she was on her way out of there. To the point where as soon as he felt the virtue leave his body, he knew what had happened. So she had gotten far enough away to where she had to come back. Everybody see that? But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Now, we're talking about being desperate. You know, you can't get any benefits out of that plague. Everybody understand? No, it can't be nothing in it for you. And the Lord spoke to me some years ago and told me some people sick because they want to be. Some people in the condition they're in because they want to be. You ever noticed there are plenty of times in this Bible during Jesus' ministry, folks were coming to him, he knew they blind. They weren't blind. People that were blind, they wore a garment to show that they were blind. It was a certain garment that they wore to show that they were blind. They didn't have shades back then. So people had to wear an outfit to, because blind people were beggars. In other words, they, they had to live off the generosity of other people. So they wore garments to let other people know what condition they were in. And Jesus would see that garment and still say, what, would, what do you want me to do for you? You know why? Because folks come to Jesus Christ even today all the time not knowing what they really need. Lord, give me a house. But you ain't got to fix my broken heart. Everybody understand? <laughs> so this woman was in a desperate situation, and it's hard for us to fathom today what condition this woman was in and, and the desperation of her push to get to Jesus Christ. So let's, let's go look at Let's go to the 15th chapter of the book of Leviticus, just real briefly. Everybody there, the 15th chapter of the book of Leviticus? We're going to start reading at verse 18. It says, The woman also with whom man shall lie with seed of copulation, they shall both bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the even. In other words, till evening. Verse 19, And if a woman have an issue, and her issue in her flesh be blood, she shall be put apart seven days, and whosoever toucheth her shall be unclean until even. That's talking about the woman that's on her cycle. She couldn't touch people. She couldn't be out in public. She had to be to herself the whole time. And then look at how long. Seven days afterwards. And whosoever shall toucheth her, toucheth her shall be unclean until even. 
Verse 20, and everything that she lieth upon in her separation shall be unclean. Everything also that she sitteth upon shall be unclean. This woman, she could not sleep in the same bed with her husband until she was purified. When a woman was on her period in the Bible days, she could not be in a bed with her husband. Because, so, and she couldn't, they couldn't sleep at different times. She couldn't go and lay in the bed and then him go in there because if he touched something that she's touched, he's unclean as well. Verse 21, and whosoever toucheth her bed shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until even. Everybody see that? And whosoever toucheth anything that she sat upon shall wash his clothes and bathe himself in water and be unclean until the evening. And if it be her on her bed or on anything whereon she sitteth, when he toucheth it, he shall be unclean until the evening. Everybody see that? So you get the picture. I would just want you to get that picture there. This woman didn't belong in public. No, she didn't belong there. She didn't belong in the crowd. The Bible says that these people, there were so many people around Jesus Christ, they were thronging him. So there were, there were no gaps for her to walk in between. The Bible says she had heard of Jesus. She didn't know everything about him. But she apparently heard that he was a healer. Now I want you to understand the faith that it took for this woman to get to the place where she got to. Naturally so, according to the Mosaic law. She, now think, think about what she said. If I just touch his clothes... If she was doing that under the law, just naturally, so what was their law at the time? I'm going to make his clothes dirty, and I'm going to make him dirty. He's going to have to be pulled away from all this healing business for a little while. Does everybody understand that? But she had enough faith to know that God, there's nothing defiled about him. There's nothing wrong with him whatsoever. In fact, he's so full of power that I can touch him with my dirty self and it won't harm him. In fact, it'll make me clean. And he's not going to have to go and bathe and be away from people until the next day. She had to be bold in what she was thinking because she, if she had left that place still in that condition, she'd have had some people answer too. They'd have been having a meeting. So who did this woman touch? Okay, so you, you, you get on away from us. He touch, she touch, okay, you go on too. No, don't touch me. Everybody understand? Now, here's what the Lord is saying to us. Now, today, what we're talking about is ripe, being ripe for healing. And here's what the Lord is saying to us today. You cannot get healed by God if you can find any fault in him. Any fault. She had to know this man is so clean in what he's preaching, what he's teaching. 
His motives are right and even everything that he's doing, he's so clean and perfect that when I touch him, I'm going to change. I can't defile him because he's so perfect. I can't defile him. So let's think about us today who feel it's our job to critique the Lord. We can read his word and tell, and, and hit. we have to, now everybody understand what I mean when I say that. You, you can't get healed by God's word and at the same time criticize it. You can't get healed by the word of God and at the same time find fault in anything that's in it. You have to know it's right and everybody else is wrong. And listen, this, so, this, so what are we talking about? You can't read God's word and say, where it says, wives submit yourselves therefore unto your own husbands as unto the Lord in everything. Well, I don't believe the Lord meant everything. But I'm going to pray to him. I got something going on in my body and I want him to heal me. Well, you praying to the wrong God. Does everybody understand? You cannot find fault in anything in God, in his word, in the preachers that he sent, in the garment that he uses. You can't find fault in any of it and then get healed. It's impossible. Does everybody understand that? This woman approached the Lord with faith. You understand what that means? She defied the Mosaic law. Now, here's, here's what that means for us. Of course, today we know we're not under, under the Mosaic law. So what does that mean for us? She defied what flesh was looking like. She defied what she was looking like. I accept this by faith. I don't care what I did five minutes ago. I'm going to defy this mess and reach up and, and receive what God has for me. Everybody understand? Let's go back to the 15th chapter, uh, to the, to the uh, fifth chapter of the book of Mark now. Now, I want to explain to us what this scripture means for us, what, what this story means for us. Is everybody there? So in verse 30, he says, he asked the question, who touched me? Now, it's important that we really bring this out. He did not know who touched him. He had not had a vision about it. If he had, he'd have been like, okay, lady, you right there sitting in the, you healed in the name of Jesus. He didn't know who touched him. That's the reason why he asked the question, who touched me? Why? Because I felt power leave my body. Somebody grabbed it. And when the woman, knowing what was done in her body, the Bible says she came and fell before him and told him all that was done. 
what, what he done for her. Look at verse 34. And he said unto her, what? Daughter. Thy faith. Everybody see that? Hath made thee whole. Does everybody understand that? Everybody understand that the word whole and healed are the same word? Everybody understand the only way you're going to be made whole and the only way you're going to be healed is by faith? It ain't based on what you see. It's by faith. Everybody understand? Thy faith had made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Does everybody see that? Why did he repeat that? Why did he say that? I want, let's think about this now. He done already said, look at what he says. Daughter, thy faith had made thee whole. Your faith made you whole. So why does he feel the need to come behind that and say, go in peace and be whole of thy plague? She was already made whole, so why did he say that? I'll tell you what he was saying. That'll never happen to you again. Does everybody understand that? She was made whole that day. But he repeated, uh, go and be, uh, look at what he says, and be whole of thy plague. Why, what was he saying? You will never have that problem again as long as you live. That's what the word of God means when it tells us, whom the sun set free is free indeed. You ain't got to deal with that no more. But look at what it took. Her faith. Does everybody see that? So we wanted to point out to you just real briefly what the difference was between Jairus and this woman. Jairus got the Lord's attention. Come here, Lord. My daughter, she's sick. She's sick unto death. Well, you come, if you come lay hands on her, she'll be, she'll be healed. This woman didn't get the Lord's attention. Everybody understand? She didn't say, Lord, could you pray for me, please? I've been bleeding for 12 years. I don't know how lo much longer I can take it. No, if I just touch his clothes. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing that the Lord wants you to see. This is where we are today. Jesus naturally, so when he was walking this earth, he could go visit people, lay hands on them, and, and, and heal them. But today, we're supposed to get it the way that this woman got it. Does everybody understand? We just touch his clothes. I ain't got to cry about it for 12 years to the Lord. I'm going to just touch his clothes. Does everybody understand that? You see, everybody see that? Notice the man, when the man, when Jairus said, if you come lay hands on my daughter, she'll be made whole. He didn't turn around. He didn't say immediately, well, you know what? I see your faith and I'm going to match it. Now, People, now I have to explain this, people that got the Lord's attention, the Lord would do what, he, what they needed because he was moved with compassion. Now it's important that you get this. And so they would get his attention for that compassion. They'd see that compassion and then their faith would be boosted. Okay, I know I'm about to get it now because I can see the love that you have. Not this woman. How many of us have the Lord ever came down to this earth and sat down somewhere and said, here, come sit on my lap. Let me, let me talk to you about all the love that I have for you so you can just move into the things I want you to move into. We're going to have to get it like this woman with the issue of blood got it. I know you love. 
I know what you want from me. You ain't, we ain't even got to have a conversation about it. I'm going to just touch your clothes and I'm going to get what I came for. You ain't, got to, you ain't got to even agree. We ain't got to have no conversation where you got, you got to preach to me 20 messages on how the Lord want to heal. You ain't got to do none of that. Does everybody understand? You see why he told her? Now, here's another man leading the Lord to his house, and Jesus don't say nothing to him, but this woman, okay, who told you? That was you. Daughter, your faith have made you whole. Everybody understand? Now, you'd have thought J.I. would have caught on and said, okay, Lord, well, you ain't got, well, you could do the same thing for me. No, you keep on coming to my house now. I don't know how to spoke you. We're already halfway there. <laughs> Everybody see you. Some folks want the Lord to coddle them before they believe. Some folks just believe. Lord, we ain't, we ain't even, you ain't got to preach to me and confirm to me nothing about you want me to be healed. I see it in your word. That's all I need. You, we ain't got to converse or anything about it. I'm just, you, just, you just make the mistake of passing through my town one day. Everybody understand? If we will ever understand that this is a faith walk, some folks haven't changed because they haven't gotten desperate enough. The situation just hadn't got bad enough just yet. Does everybody understand? And, that, and that's, that's, to me, that's a dangerous thing where you got to wait until the devil is all up in your life before you decide, to, okay, I'm going to live for God. Okay, I'm going to try. Okay, Lord, I, I'm going I'm to go ahead and do what you're saying. Yeah, I'm telling you, it don't have to come to that. This woman had heard of the Lord. Everybody understand? She heard about him. She didn't hear him preach. She didn't see him do a miracle. She listened, and her mind says she had gotten so tired of the situation she was in. Her mind, she knew, okay, so they're on their way to Jerry Harris. If this little girl get up off that bed, then I know he can do it for me. She didn't have to have anybody else's testimony. Does everybody understand? Well, I, I believe it when I see it. Okay, let's see what you do for Jairus, Jairus' daughter. None of that. I'm going to get to you before you get there. I'm going to help your faith. <laughs> everybody understand? <laughs> now notice what the Lord said. Your faith have made you whole. Did we pay attention to that? Your faith have made you whole. So what's the opposite of that? Your unbelief will keep you sick. Your unbelief will keep you in the same situation you're in. Does everybody understand that? You know that's unbelief, don't you? To me, I, I, I really love this story. All oh, this woman, you know what I love about the ministry of Jesus Christ? You didn't have to know him personally for him to do something for you. The Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. You didn't have to know him personally. You didn't have to be best friends with him. You think about uh, the, the man that was lame. 
who had been lame all those years, who Peter, Peter and them came across. He was looking up to them, expecting to receive money. And they said, Peter, uh, Peter said, silver and gold, we don't have. But what we do have, we give unto you. Everybody understand that? So that shows us the authority of faith. There were people that came to the Lord to get stuff out of him and had no relationship. Jesus told one woman, I'm not even sent to you. I, this ministry is not for you. Could you imagine? Well, I guess, Lord, I mean, who can, who can withstand God's word? He doesn't spoke it. I guess I'm, I, it's just meant to be in this condition. No, Lord, no. That ain't right no kind of way. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm a dog. I, you got that right, but you know what? We sitting up under the table waiting for crumbs. Everybody understand? God respects and honors faith no matter where you are in life. That's when you're right for healing. Does everybody understand? I, I, you can say all you want. Well, Lord, I don't walk on water. I got, I've been knowing you for 20 years. That don't matter with no faith. God respects the faith of even what we would consider infidels. Folks that don't know him personally, let them tap up for his faith, for his healing, and they'll get it. Does everybody understand? So how much more so to his children? Look at what he called her. Daughter. When did she become a daughter? When she said within herself, if I could just touch his clothes. Everybody see that? Faith is what makes you a child of God. Everybody understand? We've been doing it the other way around. Well, Lord, if I, just, if, I, if I could just get close to you, if I could just do this, then you'd do that for me. No, if you just show up with some faith. I ain't even got to know you there. Everybody see that? Everybody see how the Lord is crying out for people's faith to be lifted? Let me rephrase that. For it to be put where and focused on what it's supposed to be on. Does everybody understand? We all know, do, we all understand that everybody got faith. Everybody. How many of you know that? Everybody got faith. Uh, let me ask this question, and I, I want to prove it, because, you know, some folks might, oh, yeah, okay, so Brother Bolton said it must be true, but let me prove to you it's true. How many of you, every time you come in here, you look under these benches to see if they're going to hold you up? How many of you bringing a little stress test machine with you to see, okay, no, this, this wood is getting kind of old. I'm going to start bringing my own chairs. How many of you do it? Everybody understand? So how many of you are sitting down on what you, what you didn't examine? You set your children on it, ain't thinking, well, you know, you bad anyway. I hope this bench does fall apart. <laughs> Maybe the Lord, that'll be the Lord waking you up. <laughs> and you sit on that one that look like it's about to give out. <laughs> so does everybody understand? So could you imagine, just for a second, being God? And creating people and waking them up every day and them going and getting in their vehicle and by faith they just starting it they ain't how many of you check under the hood every time you start your car 
Everybody understand? You just got faith that it's going to turn on when you, when you stick the key in the ignition and, and turn it. So could you imagine being God and seeing the whole world, your whole creation, having faith in everything but him? And wanting to make this faith some way out somewhere? Just, uh, Lord, if I could just get, just, if I could just get up there. It ain't hard. Does everybody understand? My predecessor, he, he'd be praying for people, and, and sometimes, you know, folks would come before him, and they say, he says, so, uh, Sister, you believe that the Lord can hear you? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, brother, I believe. No, you, don't, you, you go sit over there. You watch these other miracles take place. And then, and then after, the, and he said the way he could see faith, it looked like a milky cloud above them. And when he saw that that cloud was where it was supposed to be, okay, now you come on, now you got faith. But you know what was funny? When children came before him, he would say, well, there it is. He would immediately go into a vision. He said, that, that little childlike faith, it'll pull it every time. And little, little, he would call the little boy Sonny. Sonny, you want to be a preacher, don't you? You want me to pray over you that the Lord, I love children. You want me to pray over you that the Lord will bless your ministry. Let's, let's all bow our heads and pray. But not them adults. Yeah, I got it, brother. No, you go sit down. But that childlike faith, my name John, I, I believe it because you said it. Oh, we changing our name? Okay, I'll take that too. Hey, how many of your children ask, why? Why? Why we used to calling you this? Why we got to call you that now? It's too many rules. Childlike faith just accepted. They, they don't know any better. It ain't been corrupted. Everybody understand? You know, that was one of the things the Lord showed me. I, I saw some folks that were contrary. And I was praying like, Lord, why are these people contrary? And then he showed me uh, in my old, the house I grew up in, it was a green wall there. I saw this child walking down this hallway with the green wall. And uh, he said, the Lord said, what color is that wall? I said, it's green. He said, that child believes it's blue because that's what he's been taught. Children believe what you say. He said, so that's how people come to you. They believe that wall is blue. You're going to have to convince them that what they've been taught is a lie, and you're going to have to convince them of the truth. So in other words, what he was showing me was from, from childhood, people are, are programmed to believe what they believe. They believe they're right, just like you know you're right. You know that wall is green. They don't know any better because they only believe what they've been trained to believe because of childlike faith. So you're going to have to teach them better. Everybody see that? And I'm telling you, faith, that that's the way it is. It's childlike. Everybody understand? You know, you sisters that struggle with that, you say, you have a, the devil come to you, your husband don't love you. If he did, he would be doing this and he would be doing that. And that. Or you could just say, well, devil, you're a lie. He does love me. Which one is easier to believe? Everybody understand? You're, you're going to have what you say and believe. Which one is, wouldn't it be easier to just believe the better part? Everybody understand? That's what God wants us to be. Faith isn't just way out in the atmosphere in the space somewhere. 
We ain't got to come here and get it all worked out. Just operate the way you did when you walked in here. Just sit down on it. Everybody understand? Some of us gained weight since we've been a part of this ministry. How many of us thought, well, you know, I done gained 10 pounds. Let me make sure this bent open. Let me just. Everybody understand? Oh, no, come here, Junior. You sit on it. Let me see what it do when you sit on it. No, I just believe. I believe this wood that has no soul, no life, ain't died for my sins, ain't never done nothing for me, I believe it's going to hold me up when I sit on it. And you know what God is saying? You come sit on my lap. It ain't made of wood. And it died for you. Everybody understand? You see why God, faith ain't just way out in the space somewhere? We exercise faith every day. We just have to redirect it to where it's supposed to be targeted to. Everybody understand? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this word. Lord, thank you for the messages that you've preached us today. And Lord, we pray that you will help us to receive the things we've heard, Lord, and to grow thereby. Lord, we pray that you will bring us from glory to glory, Lord. That you will bring us to this place of just accepting your word and knowing that you love us, Lord, and that you are bringing us from one place to the next, Lord. Help us to not grow weary with your instructions, Lord. But help us to love what you have brought us to. Help us, Lord, to love our journey. And help us, Lord, to receive the things that you have for us every step of the way. Lord, we thank you for dying on the cross for us and making yourself known to us. Now, Lord, we ask that you will help us, Lord, to live according to your word so that we don't bring a reproach onto your name. Thank you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and your grace. Lord, thank you for your correction when you bring it to us. Thank you, Lord, for giving us ears to hear, Lord, and eyes to see what your word says. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right. If that's all now, if the Lord say the same, we'll be dismissed. We'll go to the back and discuss what we've heard today. So we're all dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.